morning once again. As I begin this morning's message, I have to tell you that last night was a difficult time for me. Uh, I talked to my family. I sat there and I just was wondering, you know, who am I to stand before you this morning to preach to such wonderful people, especially talking about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Who am I to do so? And I wonder, have you guys ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like a nobody? Maybe like someone who was just overlooked at times, you know, just another face in the crowd. And in this morning's scripture reading, we are going to hear about a group of individuals who felt that exact same way. A group of men who nobody really wanted to have a thing to do with because of their occupation or their social status. And we'll begin today's message looking at Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now, I want to set the scene for us and for the reading today because Jesus has been born to Mary in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was a very small town, maybe about a thousand people living in it. And yet God chose this little town called Bethlehem to host one of the biggest events to ever happen in history, both in heaven and on earth. So we find ourselves in the fields in this rural area outside of Bethlehem. So I invite you now once again to open up your Bibles. If you have them with you, there's some in the chairs in front of you as well. To the Gospel of Luke, once again, looking at chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 8. And for these shepherds, it was most likely just a, a usual evening of work, you know, going about their regular duties that their job required as they were keeping watch over their flock of sheep. Scripture reads, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to him. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds then returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, every year, this part of Scripture is read throughout churches and in living rooms where families gather to celebrate the birth of Christ. It's a story that echoes through our minds, and it is one that we have heard many times probably throughout the years, and rightfully so. I mean, because this is truly a magnificent moment in time, a moment so magnificent that God's word speaks of angels showing up out of nowhere and singing hymns of praises about God's glory. We have to expect something like this, right? I mean, after all, the Messiah has been born. He's here 
This is a major event and the presence of angels should be a, a given, right? But who those angels appear to at first is surprising. Shepherds. Out of all the people in the world whom the angels could appear to and announce that Christ was born, God sends them to shepherds. Not kings who had the power and and could make sure that this good news was spread properly with authority. Not high priests who could run into the synagogues to confirm that the Messiah had arrived. But shepherds. And in those days within that culture, shepherds were looked down upon. In fact, they were so low on the totem poles that they were often compared to lepers. They were nobodies. They were considered unclean. And anyone who has been around flocks of sheep knows that the smell that they bring and how sometimes it's just unbearable. Shepherds were banned from entering into the temples and the synagogues. Their opinions were not taken seriously and they were uneducated. We can probably compare them to cowboys that you'd see in the old Western movies. You know the type. Rough around the edges. Maybe using some foul language while they sat around the campfire at night and told jokes to each other. They were the type of people that no one really wanted to be associated with. That was the view that society had for shepherds in those days. But when we look at Scripture, shepherds are seen differently when it comes to how God looked upon them. In fact, many important people mentioned in God's word are shepherds. Abraham was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. And Jesus Christ himself is referred to as the good shepherd. And here God has the biggest news ever to share. And he chooses to tell shepherds first. He comes to ordinary people with ordinary jobs, people that are even looked down upon by society, as we mentioned And it's believed that these shepherds were just a little ways outside of Bethlehem. And and we can gather that, that they were somewhere between Bethlehem and Jerusalem, which back then it was just maybe a couple of miles apart from the two towns. So because these fields were so close to Jerusalem, it is believed that these shepherds were the ones raising the very sheep that would be used as sacrifices within the temple in the city of Jerusalem. Those shepherds were providing a great need for the people in those days, and yet they were overlooked. We can see that happening in today's world as well. How often do we think about those who pick up our trash once a week and then dump them into those big trucks? How often do we overlook the men and women who deliver our packages, especially this time of year, or the mail every day, or those who who work in factories and provide tools and other things for us that we depend on daily so that we can do our jobs or maybe live a life that's a little bit easier and convenient. How often do we overlook those that are so-called rough around the edges? Those who commit sin and are seen as unclean, so we avoid them and we have nothing to do with them. These men were raising sheep that would be a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people For just a temporary amount of time. And here we see them being the first humans on earth invited to see the Christ, the Lamb of God, who would take away the sin of the world for good. Now, let's change our focus to the messengers now, the angel who stated, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
This angel of the Lord stood before them as the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. The shepherds were not gently startled by this angel appearing. They were terrified. I mean, we have to look back and say, who wouldn't be? Because back then, they didn't have movie theaters. They didn't have television with all technology to create the scenes to kind of desensitize them of this. They, they had never even seen anything like this. This was all new. And here we have one angel showing up out of nowhere. The scriptures don't tell us exactly which angel this is, but many believe it to be the angel Gabriel. Many who study scripture believe this because Gabriel is the angel that is named specifically when an angel shows up and talks about the coming of the Messiah. We see it in Luke chapter 1 when an angel appears to Zechariah. Gabriel names himself in verse 19 after telling Zechariah that his wife Elizabeth would bear a son and he was to be named John. And he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Also, Gabriel sent, was sent again by God to inform Mary, the woman who would bear the Christ child, of what would happen in the coming months. So with all of this in mind, many believe that the first angel that appeared to the shepherds that night was Gabriel. We don't know for sure, but we can understand their thinking and connection of this possibility. But whichever angel it was, we do know that he came and was standing before them. And he said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. So just as he greeted Zechariah in Luke 1.13 and again to Mary in Luke 1.30, the angel is informing those who he's confronting to not be afraid. Kind of a, hey, I know this is uh, kind of different and, and out there and coming from nowhere, but, but don't freak out, okay? I'm from God and I have good news. Trust me. Which was needed because, remember, these shepherds were terrified. He follows up by saying, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. One of my favorite songs to listen to at Christmas time is Bing Crosby's version of What Child Is This? I'm a huge Bing Crosby fan. And it's in the first verse and chorus of this song that we get a description of exactly what child this is. And it answers our questions just as the angel answered the questions that were running probably through the shepherds' minds that night that the angel appeared to and stood before them. The song goes, what child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Whom angels greet with anthem, anthems sweet while shepherds watch are keeping. This, this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary. You may be wondering, Pastor Tyler, why didn't you sing that? Well, if I sang it, you'd be saying, Pastor Tyler, you should have just read it. The angel tells the shepherds that the Savior has arrived, the one that would come to save us all from our sins. He also calls him the Messiah, which means the promised anointed one, the Christ. And you see, Christ is not Jesus's last name. It's not like we could go look into a directory or a phone book and and look up to the letter C's and then turn to Christ and then scroll down ah, Jesus and see his name, his address and his phone number. No, it's a title, a title of who he truly is. And here the angel is saying the one that you have been waiting for, the one that God promised you would come the deliver. 
And the third title given to Jesus, this baby who's been born in a, in a cave-like structure that's used as a barn, is the Lord. We can read oftentimes in Scripture how the term Lord was used as a title for those who had authority and power. But here the angel doesn't say that a Lord has been born to you, but the Lord. Which for the Jewish people, they knew the Lord is God. So the angel is describing this child to these shepherds as God. This is God in the flesh. God has come down to earth and he has become human. And keep in mind, all of this information and titles have been given to this newborn child. And they've been delivered to these lowly men who work in a field and are nobodies. It was right after that in verse 13 that a multitude of heavenly hosts, more angels, appeared. The NIV describes them as a great company of heavenly hosts. And to paint this picture to be a little bit more clear in our minds, we have to ask, how many angels are in a great company. In certain translations of the Bible, we can read that it was a multitude of heavenly hosts that appeared. And the Greek word for this is plethos, meaning a large number, a majority, or a main portion. So we can gather that the number of angels that appeared before the shepherds in verses 13 and 14 in the second chapter of Luke was very significant. Most likely, we're talking about about at least Thousands upon thousands of angels saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. You see, the angels not saying peace on earth because peace on earth. I mean, really, how often does that happen? There's always some kind of battle or war being fought between countries, kings, individuals, neighbors. But what the angel is saying here is peace on whom his favor rests rest the peace we are hearing about is the peace for those who are saved for those who give glory to god in the highest heaven it's a peace within our own hearts that even when our world is shaken our troubles arise that peace can soothe our hearts knowing that we are children of the one true living god when the angels had left them and gone back into heaven The shepherds discussed what had happened and they they hurried off to Mary and Joseph and the Christ child. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them and all that heard were amazed. When we look at this passage of Scripture, an angel, the angels often get a, a good amount of the attention. And why not? As you can see in the picture, how many there are, we can look past those lowly shepherds. But how they were reached out to by God and how they reacted has a lot to say about them. And there's a lesson that we can learn from them as well. These men who were nobodies, who were probably a a rough group of individuals, were chosen by God to hear the good news that the Messiah had arrived. And he reached out to them first. And they believed what the angels had told them. They had faith that this Christ child had been born. They didn't hesitate. They went quickly to see this baby that was laid in a manger and followed the angel's instructions for where they could find him. So they heard the news of Jesus Christ. They came with faith to Jesus Christ. And then they told others about Jesus Christ. Once again, they heard about Christ. They came to Christ in faith that what they heard was true. 
and they shared the good news with others. The same occurrence happens to this very day, though it might not be the angels that deliver the good news in, in such fashion to us and those who are lost. It is by those who have come to faith, though, in Christ before us that share it. And then it is up to the Holy Spirit that guides us to Christ through faith and then inspires us to tell others what we know to be true. Where were you when you first heard about Jesus Christ? Was there hesitation? Did you have questions? Maybe instead of thinking, what child is this? You thought, who is this Jesus Christ that I'm being told about, that I've heard about? Can he do all of these things I've been told that he can do? Am I good enough to stand before him and worship him and ask for him to pardon my sins? And if I do, will he forgive me? The answer to all of these questions is yes. And it is by his birth, his death upon the cross and his resurrection that we, too, can find hope in today's world. Are you struggling with some type of sin? Come to Christ and you will have hope. Is your heart broken because of how someone has treated you or because you've lost a loved one? Come to Christ and you can find hope. There are many out there today that have these same questions running through their minds. Will he forgive me? Am I good enough? Because after all, I am just a nobody. Let us not forget those shepherds who were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. They were overlooked. They were shunned by those who claimed to have faith. They were dirty and said to be unclean. They were everyday people who you would just pass by in the crowd and you wouldn't even notice them if it wasn't for the stench that just clung to their clothes that wrapped around their bodies from working with sheep all day. But God noticed them. And all those years ago, he sent his angels to those men to share the news of Jesus Christ and give them hope. None of us, not even myself, are deserving. Not one of us is good enough. But Christ is. Who is someone that you might have overlooked and is in need to hear about Jesus Christ so that they too can find hope? Who has God put on your heart to share the good news with? When that person comes to mind, we should do as the shepherds did all those years ago and go without haste and tell them about Jesus Christ. What child is this? This is Christ the King, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. We may be seen as nobodies in today's world, but in the eyes of God, we are somebody. And even to this day, he calls out to us to come to his son, Jesus Christ, to have faith in him and then to tell others so that they, too, may come to the Messiah and be saved. And it is to this day that we still sing as the angels did on that night out in the fields all those years ago. Raise, raise a song on high. Christ has come. We have hope. Finally, we are able to receive what has been promised to us and foretold. The Messiah, our Savior, and our friend has come. <laughs>
And friends, He will come again. Let us cling to that hope. Merry Christmas. Amen.